church of Philippi, uh, but he has asked for a scripture reading uh, from John 17. And so I'm going to read that now before Josh comes up. So that's the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 17, and verse 20 through 26. So John 17, 20 to 26. And this is Jesus praying for all believers. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Josh. Well, good morning, Auburn family. I'm just going to take some time to set up right now. Uh, I'm very happy to be here with you guys, uh, bringing a message that I believe God has laid on my heart for you all. And I am very encouraged that uh, even though we have, are having technical difficulties with our sound and Zoom and everything like that, and that is a reality of this digital age that we live in, uh, the amazing thing is that I'm so very thankful for is that we're still able to, to we're still able to do this. We're still able, you're still able to log on to Zoom. You're still able to slightly hear me. And I hope that uh, no, there, the issues are going to get resolved. Or I, I at least hope that through this message, uh, you at least hear something that sticks out to you. I hope that there's something that challenges you, uh, that, that, that causes you to step out stronger and deeper into this intimacy that God is calling you to. I believe that as, as Christians, uh, we're called to be one together and, and, and be united together in Christ. And so as we've been going through this, uh, the book of Philippians, uh, of which Brent has titled it, A Lockdown Letter, Finding Joy Right Where You Are. And so this message that I want to talk to you about, even though we are facing a lockdown, we are facing uh, things that are just seem so uncertain, uh, we may feel like our faith is being attacked because of the regulations that have been put on us, or, or you may feel like there's, there's worry or anxiety about stepping out of your own house because of COVID and everything like that, or uncertainty about vaccines, or, or, or just so many things within this world that, that is so uncertain because of this lockdown, because of this pandemic that we are facing. And I, I hope that through this sermon series, through what Brent has been preaching uh, up until now and as we continue throughout it, that you feel encouraged right where you are. That Auburn Church feels encouraged in knowing that you can have joy right now. You can have joy in and amongst whatever you are facing. And 
I'm not going to, uh, as, as we're going through this, I, I really want to hit home what it means to be united in Christ. What, what united in Christ looks like is having your joy complete. And so, uh, as we go through this, I'm not going to go over the background of Philippians or anything like that. I actually found Brent did a fantastic job of that in his first sermon. And so, just, just to remind you, just to slightly recap this, this is Paul's letter. This is Paul's letter that is written to the, uh, the church in Philippi. That uh, This is one of his last letters that he has written, and he's writ- writing this as he's in Roman imprisonment. And so, I'm just going to pray, uh, because I believe that is incredibly important for us to do right now. But I'm going to pray, and I just really hope that as we dig deep into uh, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 4 of Philippians, that we feel encouraged and challenged to step out into a deeper intimacy with our Lord, our God, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, right now, God, as we are here, God, as we are in our living rooms, as we are uh, in our kitchens, or, or wherever you have us right now, God, as we're listening to this message, let us feel your presence with us. God, let us feel and know that, that, that we have no reason to fear God, but yet let that fear be replaced by joy. Let that uncertainty be replaced by faith in you, Lord. God, as we learn, what Paul, learn from what Paul was writing to the Philippians in about God, let us be encouraged and challenged by it because that is, it is so applicable to what he's writing about, to what we are facing right now, Lord. And that Paul is not writing this out of, uh, out of, uh, out of uh, discontent with the church, but he is writing it to encourage them because he feels encouraged and that his joy is being made complete in them, Lord. And so, Father, let us, as we are united in Christ as a church, with our mindset fully on Jesus, let us have our joy be complete and rooted in you, Lord. Father, I pray this, God, in your Son's name. Amen. Okay, so let's turn to uh, Philippians 2, verses 1 to 4. I'm just going to give you guys a couple, uh, a couple seconds to get there. I have it on my computer, so I don't have to flip through my Bible. All right, so in Philippians 2, verses 1 to 4, it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, in any comfort from his love, in if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, In humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of the the others. So as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking to myself, how can Paul, being in a dark, dank, extremely, uh, under extreme persecution, be, be in this cell 
and utter these words, my joy is complete. How can he write that and say that under the the extreme persecution that he is facing, under the, the, the place that he's in being this cell, knowing and him feeling that his time is coming, where he is going to be taken away? How can he say that? How can he write this to a church in knowing what they are also facing? That they are facing persecution. That, that the church in Philippi was, as we learned from Brent's message, that the church in Philippi very much so honored and was excited about the fact that they were Roman. And that, and that they, they, they followed Roman law and they followed Roman gods and that the people there valued that so much that if anyone, was, if anyone worshipped other gods, if anyone uh, went against Roman law, that that they would be persecuted. And that was what was happening in the church in Philippi. But yet, Paul was writing to them, and he was excited and encouraged by what God has been doing. And, and that through the unity that they are experiencing, he's calling them to this deeper unity, and that in this unity, that their joy would be complete, that his joy would be complete. I want to just slightly remind you guys, just as we're going through this, I understand that some of you, most of you guys know this, but there's a difference between happiness and joy. That happiness, happiness is based on the circumstances that you're in, and so happiness comes on your birthday. Happiness comes when you receive an amazing gift. Happiness comes when, uh, maybe when you're just spending a limited amount of time with family. But what does joy mean? Joy is a deep rooted, is deeply rooted in something that is unshakable. And for us as Christians, that is our relationship with God. And so based on the circumstances we may be facing within our life, based on like the storms we may be going through, the pandemic that we're, uh, that we're facing, the, 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 the lockdown, the, the uncertainty of, 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 of our governments making decisions or, or all this stuff, that our joy is deeply rooted in God and that is unshakable. That will never change and we know that because God is unchanging. God never changes. So as Paul is talking about having his joy complete, have you ever wondered what that full completion of joy looks like? As I was, uh, I love going through my Strong's Concordance uh, ESV Bible. It's one of my favorite Bibles to go through, and I uh, because I love doing I love doing word studies and understanding uh, the Greek word. And so I, as as you guys know, as I prepare my message, sometimes I I, I love to bring in some uh, some Greek words, and uh, I I'm still learning a lot of this, but I love reading it because I find when you look at the Greek word, you see how strong. Um, how strong, sometimes how strong of a word that the, the writer is using, that Paul is using in here. And so in Strong's Concordance defines complete, which is pelru, uh, which means to make or to level up, to satisfy, to execute, finish a task, end and fulfill. It is the end, it is complete, it is done. How I look at this, when I see this, I see... Uh, There is a sense of building up, this joy and excitement of your building into something. And that at the end, you look back and you see this completed project. 
As a carpenter, before I moved up here to Peterborough, one of my favorite things, even though building a building was so hard and strenuous and stressful, that when at the end of it, when I go driving through Belleville and I see the, the buildings that I was a part of uh, building and, and investing time and investing all this energy into, and I, and I drive past it, I see it, I, see, I, I feel this sense of completion. Paul is, was feeling this as he was nearing the end of his life. The unity of the Philippian church with Christ brought joy to full completion being encouraged in hearing what God is doing, and that Paul was responsible for building into this church through his second and third missionary journeys. And, and, and starting it with the, the most uncertain, like, unexpected people that you'd ever think of. A prisoner. Uh, sorry, a, a, a jailer uh, and a couple of ladies. <laughs> he built this church on unexpected people. He, and God used those people to grow this church and he's, so, he's sitting in this prison feeling so encouraged and joyful about the unity that they are displaying in Christ. As, as you guys know, I am a part of a youth pastors network here. Even though I'm not the youth pastor at Auburn, I still work in youth ministry through Youth for Christ. And I'm so excited about the community that I've been a part of developing with all these youth pastors from various churches throughout Peterborough. And over the pandemic, we haven't done a whole lot of personal just kind of meeting together and being around each other because it is a pandemic and we aren't able to see each other in person. We're very much so personable people and it's tough over Zoom. But We've been doing a lot of exciting things with youth, uh, from video game ministry stuff to, uh, to doing prayer, uh, prayer and fasting days to, uh, to other things. And just recently, we, I really felt the urge, and the rest of the youth pastors, just that we needed that community. And so we met together. And the plan for this was just to only meet for like 30, 40 minutes or something like that, because a lot of us have short attention spans. And for us to sit in front of Zoom was brutal like I said before. But as we met together over Zoom, we began sharing stories about what God is doing, encouraging one another through scripture verses, and praying for each other of, of things that have been going on in our lives that we have had a hard time even sharing with, uh, with, with, other, with, other, uh, with other church members from our own church, just because we felt this unity amongst each other. And the amazing thing is that these youth pastors come from all different denominations, different beliefs or under interpretations of theology, but yet we come together because we are united in Christ. We are united and we stand firm in, in our faith in Jesus, in the mission that he has given us. And so we're able to share and pray for each other and encourage one another. And I felt so energized after that meeting. And one of the youth pastors said to us as we were closing off, he's like, this, this is what I need. This is what I need to see within my church. This is the unity that I want to feel every single day. This is what God is calling us to. <laughs> as he was sharing that, it was, bring, it was almost bringing tears to my eyes because that is our desire. For Auburn, that is our desire as a church to be unified together in Christ 
to see our joy complete. We aren't united. Uh, what I learned from this, what I learned from this experience with the youth pastors is that we aren't united on our personal thoughts and desires, but we are united by, through, and in, or whoever, however you want to put it, in Christ. That is, that is it. And that having joy includes feeling good, uh, includes feeling good cheer and vibrant happiness, but it isn't that, but joy is, uh, is, it has a fuller experience, a fuller spiritual meaning of expressing God's goodness. And it involves, it involves more of that. It is a deep-rooted, inspired happiness despite our circumstances that we are facing of, like, of what I mentioned before. The Bible says that God gives us joy and peace. It, uh, God gives us joy and peace. It tells us that real joy comes from God uh, and is ours forever because we have rooted our lives in him. The joy that is found in God's presence isn't static. It transforms and regenerates us. The joy of the Lord is my strength is what Nehemiah says in uh, chapter 8 verse 10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy is something uh, to be lived out in life in the life of Christ, as we are unified in Christ. My hope is that this message, once again, challenges us to develop the character in our lives that will produce the spiritual fruit of joy that comes out of being unified in Christ. For the Christian, joy comes from being in a right relationship with Jesus. True joy is not of how much we have or how well our life is going. Joy is, the sa- uh, joy is not the same thing, once again, as happiness, but joy is the life and peace that comes from God, as of which I mentioned before. So how, as a Christian, do we develop this trait of complete joy in our lives through being united in Christ? What does it look like to develop these traits? For you, as Auburn, what is the practical thing that you can take out of this? that you can walk away out of your living room, that you can turn off of Zoom and you can say, okay, I want to live in complete joy as, as being united in Christ as a, as a body of believers. I remember, as I was preparing this message, I remember learning this acronym in Sunday school. And so I'm just going to take you guys back to Sunday school. I'm going to set the stage right now for you guys. I want you guys to think of, uh, of the felt boards, uh, of, uh, of veggie tales, of, of the, the coloring lessons, all these things, and these very, very small, awkward seats that you probably couldn't sit in right now if you're an adult. Setting this stage, we're going to learn a Sunday school lesson right now, and I hope this, this, this is something that has stuck with me throughout my entire life, and I believe it is so applicable to us right now as we learn what joy complete is as we are unified with Christ, unified in Christ. And so this acronym is JOY, which means Jesus, others, and yourself. The first one being Jesus. I'm slapping up on the felt board right there. J. J means Jesus. As a, uh, I, I remember this past week as I was driving through Peterborough. 
uh, I saw this vehicle with a bumper sticker. Now, I love seeing bumper stickers on other cars. I hate seeing them on my car because I just feel it looks chaotic. But I love seeing, it, love seeing bumper stickers on other people's cars because I, it, it gives me a kind of an idea of who they really are uh, because you get to see where they've traveled and everything like that. But I saw this bumper sticker on someone's car, and it said, God is my co-pilot. And so as I was thinking about, yeah, that's so good. And then all of a sudden, I just see that person drive off and he cuts off another person. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that with him. But I was just kidding. He didn't do that. But it says, God is my co-pilot. And I was thinking about that. And as I, I was like, yeah, that, that seems true. And then as I, as I was driving along, and I like to think when I'm driving, like I like to think a lot when I'm driving, contemplate things. And uh, I just began to think about that more. It kind of stuck with me. And I'm like, should Jesus, should God or Jesus really be our co-pilot? Should he really be the person sitting next to us, nav- just, just navigating us, and us holding on to the steering wheel? I actually think, it not, not only should it be flipped the other way, but I actually think we should be sitting in the back seat as I begin to think about it. Jesus should not only be the person that's in control of, of, of guiding us uh, and navigating us through this, uh, through, through life, but he should also be the one that's holding onto the steering wheel because he knows where to go, where to turn. Just recently, when Kara and I were driving up to Toronto uh, uh, because we were visiting her grandmother, and uh, uh, anyways, when we were visiting with her grandmother, she, uh, we were driving up there, and we ended up, uh, we were driving on the 401, and all of a sudden, the GPS told us to get off of the express, and we're like, why would we get off the express? He's like, the very name express means faster. <laughs> but what ended up happening was uh, when we got off the express, as soon as we got off the express, we saw a lineup of traffic because of construction that was happening. And now that cut off like 15 minutes of our time getting, and, and, and if we would have been stuck there, we, we wouldn't have been able to get off. We would have been late for it. Now, Jesus knows our, knows our lives better than we know it. And that Jesus is the person, if we were to experience full joy, he needs to be the focus in our lives. It is all about Jesus. John MacArthur says these words, the more you focus on your life, the more distracted you will be from the proper path. The more you know him and commune with him, the more the Spirit will make you like him. The more you are like him, the better you will be to, uh, you will be, you will understand him, utter, his utter sufficiency for your life and all your life's difficulties. And that is the only way to, to real satisfaction, to real joy. Jesus deserves to be on the throne of our lives if we're to experience joy in being united with Christ. Psalms 19, 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Okay, so we have joy up here. Now I'm going to slap up O for others. The reality is, I want to look at this. When we talk about others, I'm talking about Outside of you, the people that you are in contact with, outside of you, the church, the, the, if you're to sit here in the pews, the other people surrounding you, the others. When we look at church, 
much of the conflict that comes within church is people putting themselves ahead of others. I've I've heard this numerous times, these phrases, as I was just kind of thinking about it, when people put others, uh, sorry, put themselves ahead of others and their desires ahead of others. I hear these phrases, especially working in ministry, I hear these phrases. Being a young adult, I hear these phrases a lot. Worship music must be what I like. The programs within the church should benefit me. Or the the, the classic one that I hear all the time, I am not being fed. It is very tempting to, to make church all about me, me, me. Our culture reinforces this idea that we deserve to have it our way. The driven force of Jesus, what we learn on the flip side of all of this, if we are to to put others ahead of us, we must look to Jesus once again. The driving force of Jesus' ministry to the people when he began his ministry uh, in Israel, when he stepped onto this earth and he began his ministry, the driving force of it was compassion for others. Now you guys may uh, now you guys may believe this, but I want to take it to the next level in, in understanding how deep Jesus' compassion was, and that if if we're supposed to uh, if if we're supposed to model our lives after Christ as we are being united in Him to have, to experience complete joy, we must have the same compassion. And I want to look at the the strength of the compassion that Jesus had. And, and I believe at the height of his compassion was at the cross. At the cross where he wasn't thinking of himself, but he was thinking of others. He was thinking of his mom when he asked the disciple that he loved to take care of her. He was thinking of the thief on the cross that deserved to be up there, but yet he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He prayed to his father, and this is, the, this is the most extreme one. He prayed to his father for us that we would be forgiven for putting him up there. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus' compassion for others, he set aside himself so that he could focus in on caring for the, the ones that he came in contact with. If we are to experience full joy, if we are to model our lives after Christ, we should be leaving our petty grievances aside that the enemy can use to cause disunity and show compassion to one another. Having compassion for one another, reflecting Jesus, modeling him, your joy will be complete through us being united in Christ by showing that compassion, thinking of others before yourself. So, leading into the next one, so we have joy, which means Jesus, O, which means others, and Y, which means yourself. And, and I believe yourself and others tie closely in together. 
And I just want to reinforce this once again. If we were to look into Jesus' life, when he called the people to... uh, Uh, When he called people to discipleship under him, he made it very clear. Very clear, he said, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. The very thing at that time that meant death, he was telling you to take it up because that is what is going to happen. What it it means, the weight, the cost of to follow me is not only letting go of yourself, denying yourself, but taking up something that meant death, that meant following in Jesus' footsteps. We need to practice this self-denial within our lives. Jesus taught us the importance of humility and service, and, and, uh, and I think it's Brent that's going to be talking about it next week. The Jesus taught us what it means to, to, be, to be, show humility and service to one another throughout his ministry. Jesus also showed this through his temptation in the desert by denying himself. He showed this through performing miracles and healings and forgiving people. He, he, he showed this in a beautiful image of washing the disciples' feet. When you choose to let go of your own desires and align yourself with the beautiful desire that God has for you in your life, in your life as, uh, as, a, as a member of the church, joy will be complete when you are being united in him. And so as I'm closing off, I don't want to go over time or anything like that, but I want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge you to spend time each day with Jesus. As some of, as I, I know for some of you guys, you guys are doing that, and that's amazing. Continue to do that. Time each day in worship, in the word, in prayer. Find at least one opportunity to put others ahead of yourself. Using, you can even, during this pandemic, use the phone, use, use your phone to send a text and say, I'm spending some time praying, how can I pray for you? I know that the loneliness that most people are feeling right now because of this lockdown, that that is, that, that is a bright light to them in their life, knowing that someone else is thinking of them, that someone else is praying for them. If you are to be united in Christ with full, with full and complete joy, that is what we're called to, to serve, to love people, to practice self-denial. Uh, this I encourage you to do that this week. Instead of doing something for yourself, sacrifice for God and for others. Now, Brent read John 17, 20 to 26. I want to give some homework to you guys also along with this challenge. Read those verses. Read it, highlight it, underline what does it mean to be unified in Christ. I'm just going to close in prayer and then I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. So Father, just come before you. God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus. 
thank you so much that we are united in him, God, that within him there is love, within him there is grace, there is peace, there is full and complete joy that Paul is talking about that we can experience. Father, let us learn to sacrifice, to set aside our grievances, to set aside our our own desires and think about the desires of the ones that are within our lives, the others. To pray for them, to show compassion just as Jesus showed compassion. And Father, ultimately to let Jesus become the Lord of our lives. And in doing so, that we experience that unity in Christ as uh, uh, full, through complete joy our joy that is complete in him. So Father, I pray for this church. God, I pray that they know you in deeper and more intimate ways. I pray this all in your son's name. Amen.